Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek, and we are very excited to bring you another episode of Avatar The Last Podcasters. We are officially kind of a big day, in a way, sort of starting the, uh, not the second chapter, because they do that weird thing with books and chapters instead of episodes and, and seasons, but we're starting a new chapter of the podcast. We're into the comics now, and it's totally my first time through Blank Slate for me, so I'm very excited to get into the comics. And there, we're going to do all, what is there, five? Five volumes before we get to Korra. So, big step, and then we're going to get to Korra, and that's going to be huge. So, very excited today. But before we get too far into it, Chris, how are you doing? I am doing fairly decent, you know. I've been watching uh, Hamilton, so it's on Disney+. Plus. Not to, uh, the, you know, Disney Overlords doesn't need any more plugging, but which kind of makes me mad just how much... Disney has. You're not plugging Disney, you're plugging Hamilton. It's different. Um, That's been uh, fairly enjoyable. Just watch that. Um, Yeah, life's life's good. No, I've been, I've been like not hard at work on this video for Legend of Korra uh, fan cast, but I've been like slowly at work. (laughs) It's been taking me so long to do because I have a newborn baby and two other kids and I'm working from home. And uh, it's just like, it's been taking, it's so far it's taken me about probably four weeks. It'll probably take me another five, not another five, but like up to five to six weeks to finish it. When before pandemic hit, before everything, get new kid, it would have taken me like four or five days to do. Because fan casting isn't, I, I, t- I put in a lot of work into it. Like I, I research them and everything, but once I have them picked, like I don't have to write a script. I just talk about them real quickly. Um, editing is fairly easy because I just put up a picture of that actor and the person, and then I just—it's not that much editing. Like my usual ten-minute videos take a lot of writing scripts, take a lot of editing the video. Like I want just the right clips and stuff for certain spots, but this one shouldn't take that long. It should just take me like four days to do, but this is taking so long to do. But I hope to get it out. Uh, fairly quickly. I think at first I'm going to get out um, a revisit of my Avatar fan fan casting. So just a couple different changes there. And then I am really excited for the Legend Core fan cast that I got going. But yeah, it's taking a little longer than I anticipated. And it's Isaiah's fault. Everybody knows it's baby Isaiah's fault. That little cute little How dare! I... (laughs) I'm very much looking forward to the Legend of Korra fan casting, but I also know there's going to be moments where you'll, you're going to say a character's name and be like, I know the name, but i got to Google that character to see why they're important, what the background <laughs> is. i got to do do some refresher. Uh, so are you going to do, is that going to be two separate videos where you do yeah, like a at refresh first, of your avatar and then Korra separate? Yeah, at first I was going to put them together because I could just like easily just say, all right, here are the changes I would have made to my fan cast and some additions. But when I was, I was, I'm in the middle of editing right now, and so far I'm up to like five minutes. And I know <laughs> the Legend of Korra one alone is going to be like at least 15 minutes. And I just would go ahead and just separate them. Have you given any thought to, uh, so like if you do the Korra one now and then, you know, generate some excitement, and then the Avatar, like go back to the Avatar after that? And I, I don't know why, but in my head it feels like the closer to the Netflix release. For the Avatar one, like the better or the more exciting, or maybe not. No, I don't know. I just in my head, the Avatar someday they're going to come out and they're going to announce a, a Netflix release date, and it's going to be really exciting. 
I hope. Oh, yeah. Any I minute. I just wait for that, and then... Any minute now, <laughs> or any month, or, or year, perhaps. 2020 is a, uh, not a good year for announcing things. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm excited for both. I know your previous fan casting video, your original Avatar one, uh, went pretty bonkers for something that was... I don't know, I guess you could say it was like early in your YouTube span. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was, yeah. It went pretty wild considering that, so it'll be interesting now that you have probably 20 times as many subscribers no uh Uh, like eight times as many subscribers maybe uh i kind of want to do the math right now back then i had about maybe 300 subscribers i have um, 10 10 ish times i have like i have like four now so yeah yeah 10 10 something 11 11. i don't know 12 12 times. So, yeah, it'll be really exciting. Like I said, the closer we get, uh, now you get the benefit of Avatar being on Netflix. I was tempted just out of boredom, like, during the workday. Like, I almost just started watching Avatar again, like, just to have it on the background. <laughs> so, whatever, it's fine. No. But, oh, I do that now. Um, well, and I, I really did consider it pretty strongly, but I think I'm going to force myself to watch more or something different than the five <laughs> TV shows that I've watched yeah. ever. I'm going to try really hard. Even if it's during the work day and I won't pay any attention to it whatsoever. Um, so I'm going to step backwards a little bit and talking about my week. So I also watched Hamilton and I felt really, really silly because I thought it was a movie adaptation of a musical. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I never read anything about it and it, we were all excited. But I was like, I, I do genuinely, I hate those because like all the theatrical magic is gone yeah. when you put it in a in the movie form. And so I was like, I, I, it could still be good, and I'll still hate it or something like that. So I was so excited to see that it was a, an extremely the highest possible recording yeah. quality production yeah. of the actual stage play. That to me made it uh, way more exciting. As soon as it turned on, and I saw, it, I was like, oh, it's amazing already. And then yeah, I really did love it. Um, I had never heard the soundtrack or anything, so it was totally fresh for me, other than just generally having a perspective on what it was about. Um, I would say at the end of Act 2, like right before the intermission, I would say that that was probably some of my favorite segments, my favorite part of the mm. story. Um, I forget yeah. the actor's name, David Diggs. Is that what you, yeah. you, you told yeah. me on chat? David Diggs, who plays Jefferson and also plays Lafayette. I'm taking his close battle rank, but the red coast, better blood stink. I love him. Yeah, he's he's great. He was easily my favorite character. <laughs> Uh, just hands down, he was he was tremendous. Apparently, so. he holds the record of Broadway on the most words wrapped in a or in a in like four seconds or something like that. He was like, it wasn't that hard to break. It's, what are you trying not to say? There's people. not a lot of hip hop on Broadway. Yeah. I have I have seen, uh, and you probably saw it too on Twitter. Not like an uproar, but a, a, a large group of people that are like, yeah, see, we know that you can produce these films like these theatrical recordings in very high quality. So maybe let more people enjoy real, real Broadway, maybe. Yeah. Know? And I was like, I, you know, that kind of makes sense. Put it on Disney, let the Disney overlords. Uh, I'm agreeing that, more. and this isn't, I haven't, and I'm not the best at this, but I haven't seen that many plays. I've seen me neither. Maybe three. Jamie would probably be a much better uh, question for this, but not every play is Hamilton, right? Like Hamilton, the whole stage is a character, all the choreography that goes into it. When like, I don't know, Book of Mormon or whatever that one play is, 
or um, Evan, it's, I forget the name, but like, I feel like those are just people standing on a stage singing. Like to me, maybe that's not as good as Hamilton film would be. Granted, I would still watch a bunch of plays. I don't care because I, I do like musicals. I like listening uh, to them. That, and that really only started since Hamilton because like, oh, I really enjoyed this. Let me go venture out and listen to some other things. Fun um, fact. I don't know if it'll be, it wouldn't be, I don't think nearly as um, done well as Hamilton. It was it was just recorded top notch, and it, I, I mean it's obviously not like I'm there because I'm sitting in my in my basement with my dog, but you know what I mean. It's as good as could possibly be recorded. Yeah. I mean, um, I think they did a good job of the marketing saying the best seat in the house is the seat in your house, because to me, if I, if I bought a ticket to Hamilton, right, I've seen ticket prices. It's like five hundred dollars for the worst seats even not on broadway in in chicago like you can go to chicago in in it when i was there it's playing in like two different theaters a mile apart the cheapest seats in those in chicago not broadway it's like 80 (laughs) bucks day of cheapest seats so like what's left yeah i think watching at home is better than possibly better than watching those seats that's fair. That's fair. Uh, fun fact about me that I don't think I've ever told you before. I love Phantom of the Opera. The movie, uh, the stage play in and of itself, the music, everything about it. I have seen a, a musical group perform a live metal cover of the Phantom of the Opera theme song. It was like one of my favorite experiences in my whole life. Uh, what, I was, what I'm getting at, though, is I agree on the... On the part where you mentioned that the whole stage is part of the character and things, um, a good Phantom of the Opera production really has that that vibe to it, too, where the other maybe two plays I've seen in my whole life, I would totally <laughs> agree that the stage is, is just a, a background. But, but that was a big part of Phantom of the Opera and Hamilton to me, is it, it all kind of lived and, and worked, and it wasn't just stuff painted on a wall. So 100% yeah. agree. That's probably, probably, not a theatrical person, but probably very hard to pull off and incorporate well. So, uh, long story short, this week I watched Hamilton. I did only watch it once because it is a long, it is a long... It's uh, long, it's commitment. What is it, three hours, give or take? <laughs> it's two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, and and then I also, it seems like a small thing, but I, I uh, shot I, I shot a basketball for the first time in, in a really long time, and that was really engaging. And then but the third you thing, make it? I, I loved it. Um, I mean, did you make it? Oh, did I make it? I probably shot, I'm going to say I shot 100 shots, and I probably made 20 of them from (laughs) mid-range. It was bad. It's been a while. Everything felt a little creaky, a little off. And then I was also shooting Mm, from the sides to try to avoid a truck parked in the next pretty close driveway. I didn't want to go to somebody else's driveway, shoot in their goal, and then hit someone else's truck with my basketball. So I was, like, taking these side shots. It was bad. It was bad. Uh, the third thing, just to, a bit of flattery for for yourself and, and myself, I'll pat on the back a little bit, is I have been attempting to help a friend start up his own podcast uh, because he see like he watches ours pretty regularly. Uh, probably the only in person like close work friend I have that like keeps up regularly. I've had other people uh, listen to it on occasion and say things, but he saw how much fun we we're having and he's going to start his own. It's going to be all it's sort of an episode to episode about Pokemon, only uh, the difference being, you know, where Avatar is very story driven it, it, as a narrative 
that was built first and then animated beautifully and built around that. Well, Pokemon was built to sell games, which came first. It went games and then trading card and anime about the same time. And so I would say he's leaning more towards comedy in his episode by episode rundown. But he is very excited. So I'm going to help him start that. And when that comes along, I'm going to absolutely plug it it on here because I was very flattered that he was inspired. We inspired a human. I was proud. Mm, Nice. And that's all I got. Uh, And then I have this last note here, just upcoming on ATLP. I already kind of talked about it. We're going to hit the comics next week episode. Tune in next week because that one we're, we're very excited about. Something that I don't think has ever been done before. I could be mistaken. Dark corner of the internet that's done it, perhaps. I'm not sure. But next week, uh, we're going to do something different and fun, and I'm really excited. So tune back in next week, and then we'll probably hit a couple of comics and hopefully get on to Korra. Very excited about that. Yeah, we don't have to do all the comics. I mean, the comics are still continuing in, be- in between Korra. Like they're not done yet. So I think if we just get up to probably Smoke and Shadow, that would be good. Is that the fourth volume? I think so. It goes um, The Promise, The Search, The Rift, Smoke and Shadow, and North and South. Okay. Yeah. And then, I know there's uh, five at this point, but I don't I get the And then there's um, Imbalance also, which no, it's okay. Um, is it done but or is it still? It is done. Yes, it okay. is done. Um, maybe that's it. The best part about the comics is that they are not, I don't know, it's like not time sensitive within our own yeah. chronolo- chronology. Say that chronology, and so uh, they'll make nice filler episodes here and there when we when we have yeah. the opportunity. So, but uh, who even cares about the comics? Because you got to <laughs> tune in next week. Because that one, I'm really excited for next week. Getting get pretty jacked about it. But no, I'm just kidding. I care about the comics right now, and that's why we're going to talk about. The Promise, which was the first one released. Comics, uh, the important thing to remember as we go through these, we are going through the entire volume. And uh, so whereas an episode is usually, I don't know, a day or two in the life of Avatar, these comics, much bigger story arcs, like much bigger scope. And so I would say that our reviews, our walkthroughs, probably much thinner just in order to cover it all in a single episode. I don't want to degrade it. Just a little, little thinner, not quite as detailed. Probably, we'll see. I'm not. I'm. I'm not very good at shutting up either. So, part, part one, the promise. I divided it, Chris, for your awareness. I know you're going in blind. I divided it into the three parts. Person. Nope, that's good. All right. Yeah. So, in the promise, this takes place directly after the series ends. Most of it takes place a year after, but kind of the beginning takes place uh, right after the series ends. And so Aang meets with um, <laughs> the Earth King. I, can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's, it's a, I think it's K-U-E-I. I'm not going to pronounce him Kawhi. I've been saying Kawhi, Kawhi or Kuei. It depends on if you're in that Mai or May camp. No, I've been saying Kuai, yeah. So I think we're probably close there, right? Oh, okay. Two out of two fans agree. Earth King Kawhi. <laughs> nice ring. Um, yeah, so there's you know there's big issues here, right? The war has ended, hundred years of war, and they need to move towards harmony. Um, and one thing I really, one thing, one thing I love about the term harmony 
it's like oftentimes people talk about like peace. Okay, we have to fight for peace. And I, I think I've had this conversation with you, or I've had this conversation, and some of my analysis on the Dragon Prince about like dark magic and a war and peace, and how they're not necessarily opposites of each other, but they're more of a you know, circular reference to each other, right? Like you can, peace shouldn't be the lasting goal, right? Because wars could end and peace could be brought about just because one person is strong enough to say, hey, stop complaining or I'm going to kill more of you some more. <laughs> like peace, that's that's still peace, right? Because it's like, oh, hey, we're at peace. We're not at war. Um, but to me, what the real opposite of war would be is harmony, right? After war comes peace, but then harmony makes everything better for everyone. Um, and to where I think this is a, a good, um, it's a good goal, right? Which I kind of wish the Avatar's goal was not to keep peace and balance, but to keep harmony and balance. Although balance is a vague term, but harmony. So I really like that they titled it Harmony Restoration Movement, because that's what they should really be moving towards. It's like uh, harmony is that is that perfection that you can't achieve, but you're supposed to shoot for anyway, versus yeah. uh, versus peace just being like like passing passing grade. Yeah, Something like, like after the Civil War, right? Like there was relative. No, I don't. I don't want to say. Yeah, that really even that. Peace. But I get where, I get um, where you're going with that. <laughs> but at, it wasn't at harmony, a minimum, right. you know. Um. Harmony probably yeah. doesn't exist in reality, but you're supposed to strive for it anyway. Yeah. This is what I'm going to settle on personally, but I'm not going to tell people how to define harmony. Yeah. Um, but so the main issue here is that the Fine Nation has colonized Arkham territory for the past hundred years. All right. So now it's like, all right, well, we, all those people have to get up and have to leave. And so everyone's along with the plan. Zuko's like, yeah, it'll be, it'll happen. We'll do it. King Kawhi is like, we'll do it. And Aang is like, yeah, I'll help along with it. Okay, real quick. <laughs> In a comic book, I love the back. If you pay attention to the background, <laughs> I find it hilarious because in Avatar, they do this all the time. There's an image of Momo fighting with the king's bear. He takes he takes the bear's hat off, and then the bear's looking at him like, you have my hat. And then the bear swipes it from him and takes the hat back. Like, all this is happening in the background. Bosco, come on, man. Act like a yeah. king's bear. I, uh, I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but I have to throw it out here real quick. I didn't I didn't physically read this one or the search. Um, I watched, essentially, like, YouTube where you know, they'll post each frame on the screen, but then have, like, an actual sort of cast of voice readers. And so that was pretty in- interesting. And, uh... <laughs> It is a little, I would say, a little harder to to focus and to take time to absorb the the entire frames. I probably miss certain yeah. amount of stuff in the frames because somebody's reading. Whereas if you're actually reading the comic and you absorb it and then you move on to the next frame, so no, I did not see that at all. But that's amazing and it makes me feel like I missed out. <laughs> um, okay, so now, so actually, that takes place. That conversation with Kawhi takes place before like the finale um right they like they go to the earth king have a conversation and then they they go to iroh's tea shop and they're all together having that nice time you know where Sokka's like painting the pictures of them all and it's a terrible painting things like that and then it goes to where ang and katara kisses um where katara kisses him funny enough 
All right, so something I was thinking about. <laughs> well, sometimes like Zutar shippers, love you, love you guys. But thank I you so much for listening sometimes... to our show. Please don't leave. Yes, please don't leave. Oftentimes, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like angles always pushy with Katara, and I, I don't, I don't agree with that. But if I think about it, how many times? And like they'll be like, he kissed her like when she didn't want to. And he did kiss her one time when she didn't want to, which that was terrible on Aang. But then there was, if I count how many times Katara kissed Aang without asking, it's actually more than you think. Like, there's plenty of times where Katara just kisses Aang. It's going to be one of those, <laughs> like, like gender differences. Is like, well, boys, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, they don't care. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. It's 2020. We, we can do better than this. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so it picks up with them kissing, and then Sokka comes out, and Sokka's freaked out about them two kissing, which I, th- I think he takes it like relatively fine for Sokka. <laughs> but as as good as you would expect him to, I suppose. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then, you know, so they head to the they head to the um, to Earth Kingdom, and. Oh, and then Zuko is Zuko's still worried. And this is one of my issues. Sort of with the book, or sort of just with Yeah, with this book is that characters regress some. Specifically Zuko does. Cause he's still he's still fighting this whole thing of like he's so unsure of himself. Um he doesn't know what to do and he, he takes which we'll get to more later, he takes more advice from his father. But he's so unsure of himself. So he's like, Aang, if I turn to my father, I want you to promise me that you'll kill me. And that is the reason why the book is called The Promise. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a promise I've ever made that was like uh, a sort of a, a negative thing. Like all my promises are always like, hey, if we do this, then we'll go get ice cream. <laughs> way, way positive connotation. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then it says one year later. So then, yeah, so there's one year later has passed. There's been like five assassination attempts on Zuko's life. And you can really tell by the art, like the previous page, Zuko has a really full face. And the next page, he just looks like skin and bones. Like he's tired. He's, he hasn't been getting much sleep. And at first, first time I, I read it, I didn't really notice it. I just thought it was like, bad drawing which that's dumb like this person's a great artist <laughs> like what is <laughs> what a sloppy rendition yeah like, like man this... <laughs> yeah like that's the point stupid like what if someone i bet someone was dumb enough to comment on the artist like suko looks like crap <laughs> i probably yeah. so um i noticed but i'm gonna say that i had the advantage of like just having talked to you about these comics before and like having heard having heard this from you before or something similar to that um so i feel like i've had a sort of a step up just from having conversations in advance uh, but i will say that one thing i liked about the comics is that they do i've only i'm like two and a half through um but that they do that way more where there's more detail where i don't know if it would be that much more difficult to have that much more um I don't, I don't know how they I mean they did it in I think they did it in Zuko alone right if you remember Zuko alone like he's hungry his cheekbones are, are far more um noticeable 
I'm, so I think I, they've kind of done it before. I'm going to say everything feels a little more expressive in the comics is maybe the the word I'm looking for. A little more, at least. I can I, I get that, yeah. Uh, so another assassination attempt happens on Zuko's life, and he fights this ninja assassin-type person who has, like, this chain and ball. Um, and chain is a little weird because it easily wraps around Zuko's leg, and then you come in and realize that it's an earthbender there to, to kill Zuko. And and she says, um, you know, Zuko's like about to kill her. Well, he's just threatening to kill her. He's like, convince me not to take your life. She says, go ahead. My family has been loyal to yours for generations. By, by getting rid of me, you'll simply complete your betrayal. Um, your family. And then she says, yes, my father's mayor of Yodao. Yodao is a city um, or a village in the Earth in the Fire Nation Earth Kingdom colonies, and she's an Earthbender. Uh, and then Zuko goes there to meet him. And one thing, that's one of the things I hate about this, or at least I hate it when I first read it, is that Zuko meets the mayor of Yodao, and who is the father of Cory, who tried to assassinate him. One thing, to trying to assassinate. To me, you're not getting. Off, you're going to jail. You try to, you try to kill. I mean, I mean maybe Zuko's like, hey, I've been there before. You know, <laughs> I chased this so, one guy around for like three years one time. It was wild. Anyway, yeah. no, I, I agree. It's kind of weird that it was like, like you attempted murder at a minimum, much less assassinating the Fire Lord. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, the. And the thing I hate about it is that the, the father is, like, disrespecting Zuko a lot, right? Because Zuko's like, I'm not my father. And then the guy, is, the guy feels mad at Zuko because he is the guy's Fire Nation. He's like, you shouldn't turn your back on your people. Like, we are your citizens. You are the Fire Lord. We've been living here for, you know, my family's been here for 100 years. And to me, that's that's a narrow-minded way to look at it. And granted, it's easy for me to, to, to see that. Um, but, like, peace... Fire Nation has to sacrifice something. Right? It, but And we'll get... I forget. We'll get more into to that conversation later about, I don't know, like, what we would do in that situation. But I, I but, see your point is it's easy to... to it's, it's really easy to, like, lay down that justification of uh, you know, well, we've been here a hundred years. It's 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 our home, but, but like, where's the sacrifice on the part of the Fire Nation? Uh, what's yeah. what's sort of gonna be be given back in return for having it taken initially? Yeah. So Zuko says to him, "You're Fire Nation citizens. You should live in the Fire Nation." And his and the mayor says, "You're right, Fire Lord. We are Fire Nation citizens." And I'll tell you this, your father would never have let the Avatar and the Earth King bully him into something so obviously bad for his own citizens. One thing, why would you... Dude just from, lost. From the person... Why are you going to quote that guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, one thing, why are you trying... Zuko clearly took over from his father. He took the throne from his father. Why would your case <laughs> be like, oh, you should do what this guy did before you who you clearly didn't agree with like it's, if that was the case trump would have done everything that obama did like someone was this, like well obama <laughs> he 
Yeah, well, he did this. Like, well, you know what? You caught me. Let's. Yeah. That oh, well, I should do everything that, that's, that's still, again, that's more, like, more excusable because it's not even like Obama, like, lost it to Trump. Like, Obama could yeah. no longer be it. <laughs> so, that'd have been like, uh, uh, who did he even run against? That'd be like Trump doing it like Hillary's way. Like, Hillary would have done this. And then Trump being like, you know what? Hillary would have done that. Let's do that. That's exactly. I mean, you nailed it. That's but, how. That's mm-hmm. how he operates. Uh, clearly, I mean, he 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 operates the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, that. Even so I, hope, I hope the yeah, facetious right, comes through in the in the audio only version of the podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, Suko so then flashes back to him talking to his father about um, where his mother is, and he just kind of. Tells him, like, oh, it comes back. I'll tell you, bring tea and stuff. Um, and Ozai is kind of manipulating him. So I feel like Zuko's getting manipulated by Ozai and getting manipulated by random mayor, <laughs> Fire Nation mayor of this Earth Kingdom colony. That he's never met two before. people. Yeah, two people who he should not be taking advice from. So it just felt, to me, it felt really stupid of Zuko to do. <laughs> but. One part that I find like weird is that when, which is just more manipulation when Ozai is talking to Zuko in his cell, and then, um, and then like they have a conversation at the end there. Ozai's like, "You'll be back, and I'll be here waiting for you, son." Like such a weird. I've never seen him call him son before. Just interesting. When it came out kind of creepy, <laughs> but it could have been the voice acting uh, from yeah. the YouTube video. No, it came out kind of creepy though. Yeah, so then after Zuko kind of gets from that flashback, he says, I'm not my father. And then the guy says, no, you're man, you're not. Fire Lord Ozai had many faults, but he was never a coward. He was never a traitor. Like, no, you can't, you can't be like, oh, Hitler had many faults, but. No, there's no but there. Just, there's no but there. But he was a great speaker. <laughs> like, nobody, you don't, you don't say those things. Yeah. And also, it's not a bully. Like, Zuko fought in the war <laughs> against. Zuko fought in the war to defeat the Fire Nation. Like, but, he's, he's trying know. his best to turn over a new leaf. Uh, and it, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll touch more, I guess, as we go, as we get closer to the yeah. game. All right. Um, so, yeah, so they're trying to go ahead and go with the. Um, the Harmony Restoration Project movement, and and Aang is um, helping them move along. They've already moved along a couple of different uh, colonies, probably a couple of them that they weren't that were there like just a couple of years relative to other ones that have been there for a hundred years. And then as Aang is helping everyone move, a soldier from the financial comes along. He says. By the decree of the Fire Lord, like yes, he he's withdrawn support from the um, Harmony Restoration Movement, which Ang is like that doesn't make sense. Like this, we all agree to this. Like I need to go talk to Zuko. But and then there's a B plot where Toph, which is interesting. I think this is the only graphic novel where there is a, a B plot. Most of them are are fairly. Straightforward. And in my opinion, it is not a, it's not a great B plot. 
I don't, I don't think so either. I did not like it at it's, all. I was like, we could just, whatever. I they mean, had I guess to be it's, doing something. It's nice to know how how metal bending expanded, but also yeah. I don't care for these other characters. No, me neither. Yeah, because you, you got the one who's all about doom. Then you got the one who's all well, I hate it here. Then you got the Richie Rich girl. Yeah, and I don't. I don't care for any of them. They're all pretty on the nose, and it seemed like, uh, I mean, a little bit of filler. Like, hey, we, we kind of want to have Toph off doing her own thing. and Yeah. Yeah, and the they do that throughout these stories, right? Like, they have a character who is not important for that story, and either they're not there or they're just they're just in the background. And Toph is definitely just kind of... Makes me feel bad for Toph yeah. here. Like, you deserve a little yeah. better, but... Yeah, she gets she gets more in in the rift, but none in the search. She's not in the search at all, Mm-mm. which is kind of sad. That's well, sorry, that's probably an uncouth joke, but Toph in a in a book called The Search. Well, Toph would be great at searching for people, right? Like she'll be able to feel True, them out. She felt all those people under the mountain. Maybe she would be extremely yeah. helpful. Not to mention, I bet yeah. she could have been pretty okay at keeping Azula locked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that would have been kind of helpful. Tune in next time for the search. Um, oh, also, so Aang is really concerned about the promise that he makes to, to Zuko. So he meditates, he talks to Avatar Roku, who has good intentions with his advice, but honestly, it's not good advice. Um, <laughs> yeah, this. But, uh, I'm starting to see more and more where you're disrespectful ranking for roku maybe isn't all that disrespectful i you know like i i don't know you basically said his heart is in the right place but uh the, what's that phrase that courtney sappington used to say all the time the path to hell is paved with good intentions or something like that yeah so no i'm starting to get some of your disrespect for uh, roku a, a little fuller a little more detail yeah pretty much angus like hey like, I, I don't want to have to kill Zuko. And Ozai's pretty much like, not Ozai, sorry. Roku's pretty much like, hey, Fire Lord Sozin never had his guard with me. I could have killed him anytime. <laughs> just kind of, cool, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, what kind of person would I be? A person who keeps his promises. Like, as if that is. And the end all be all of life is keeping your yeah. promises, right? <laughs> Even when just, those promises are bad. Just yeah. unequivocally, like, no gray area whatsoever. Just like, well, gotta kill him now. That's what it takes to be a good avatar. You gotta give those people a ride, kid. Welcome to Brooklyn. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just felt right. Uh, I mean, he says, you know, a couple of wise things here and there. Like, when you are in a position of power, you must put the needs of the world above your own. Which, which that's true. Th- these are things that Aang... Aang, in a way, has been selfish. Right? He's... he's okay, that sounds terrible. Sorry. Not people love Aang. I love Aang, too. his own person, but selfish as an airbender. Yes, yeah. Um, which I there's for right or wrong, there's really good reasons that Aang is, is like that. But to me, Aang has never been able to put the world before you know, his devout, devout beliefs. And 
sometimes that, that helps them, sometimes it hurts them. Um, anyway, he says again, remember the wisdom I offered you, Aang? You must be decisive, which that's stupid wisdom. It's that's stupid wisdom. <laughs> that's not, I that's just like, if you... <laughs> I feel like we are trashing on Roku, but I did, as I was uh, going through this one, I did start to feel like more and more empathy for your original Roku, <laughs> Roku ranking. I was like, you know what, actually this makes a lot of sense. And I don't even remember if at the time if we were trying to lump that in or not, but I don't know how I would be able to separate this, this tough Roku knowledge. I feel bad yeah. for the guy. I knew he probably had a tough, a tough situation as the Avatar, but come on, man, you're the Avatar. Uh, so they land in Yodao, and Aang and them land in Yodao, and the uh, Freedom Fighters are there. Smeller B and and Longshot are there, fighting to get to. They're protesting. Pretty, uh, I mean, protests have always been around, but there's Top, a lot of protests Topical, now. yeah. yeah. Topical. Uh, to, yeah, to get the Nation out. Interesting. Katara <laughs> uh, says, "Isn't that Smeller B?" And Sokka says, "Yeah, he's the." He's with the Freedom Fighters. And then Katara's like, she, you mean she's with the Freedom Fighters? And Sagan's like, that's what I said. She's with the Freedom Fighters. (laughs) But just an interesting interesting thing that people continue to get things wrong. Anyway, so they're all happy to see Aang, right? Because Aang is there to, I think he's there to beat people's butts and and wipe people out, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, so they it's go. It's almost like a Jesus metaphor, like expecting this person to come out and just like clean shop and. Yeah. Um, so so Aang and Katara goes and they get behind the Fire Nation boundary to to go meet Zuko. One thing I hate about this book, Aang says before he goes, "Like you ready, sweetie?" And she says, "I'm ready, sweetie." Like <laughs> I just hate the way they talk to each other like to me those just aren't natural words especially when you just started dating well this is one year ago this is one year later so but still just it just doesn't feel right at a bare minimum that's like maybe private like maybe private uh not pet names but that kind of discussion but not just like out in the open maybe sweetie just seems too I don't know. Too generic. She's too... got a naming. Like I call I don't know what you call it. I just call my wife babe most of the time. I'm re- if I call her Tracy it's because I'm I'm trying to get her attention or, or something. Yeah. Or uh, you know or I'm around other people. In public, I probably call my wife Heather. And I'm not a formal yeah. person at all, but I probably call her Heather in public primarily unless there is a comedy to be had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree entirely. Uh, yeah, that's just off putting. Like, doesn't get, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, Toph feels the same way. She's like, sweetie, seriously? And it's like, I know, right? So oogie. <laughs> um, there is a really cool fan theory out there that, <laughs> that Tenzin named his bison Oogie because that's the name of the love that his parents had that Sokka called them. But, I mean, I'd buy it. That's fine. I'd buy it. Yeah, that's, that's my head cannon. If that were a ship, um, I would ship it. I would absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I like how 
Aang, Aang meets one of the finest guys. He says, Flamio Hotman. And he bows, kind of. Or he doesn't bow. He just is, is holding his, his hands. Uh, in this, a, this thing right here, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, they fight. And weirdly, I feel like Aang is like, like, hey, I got this guitar. I can do it. Even though guitars no slouch. Like, she's the best waterbender probably on Earth. And then, I mean, she proves it. She ends up being the one to, like, take all these people out with her waterbending. Because if you're playing Pokemon, you don't send... You're fighting the Fire Nation. You you send out the water Pokemon. Come on. Yeah. I was embarrassed for Uh, being there. He's just... He's being a little... uh, A little Yeah. Anyway, Katara beats them all up, and then Zuko stops Katara, and like, this is another Zutara moment for you, Zutara fan. Just kidding. <laughs> Zuko holds Zutara. <laughs> like, and she says, like, ow, you're hurting me. And then, <laughs> like, and then Zuko's like, I'm hurting you. What are you doing to my soldiers, my people? And, uh, and then Aang takes them out. Anyway, Pretty much the rest of this is the rest of this chapter is is um so sorry I'm kind of jumping over the place anyway. Aang then goes into Avatar state, kind of in an angry mode, which is interesting because even Katara's like, if you go into Avatar state like this in this emotional way, you won't be able to control yourself, which makes me think that Aang hasn't fully controlled the Avatar state, which. I guess, I mean, it's something you always continue to, to do, I guess, get more and more control of it. Maybe she's right. Maybe she's implying that how he enters the Avatar state's going to dictate some element of, of control. And, you know, here it's sort of a, yeah. uh, let's call it like a petty rage as opposed to a a righteous yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Zuko's like, oh, everyone calm down and we, sh- we could talk. And the angle's like, are you kidding me? That's what I've been trying to do this whole time. But so Zuko shows them around. He shows them that, you know, this town, this village has been around for a hundred years, and it's like so it's the best of both worlds, Earth Kingdom and Fire Nation. Like they both come together to make this town. But to me, this is the part where I was like, all right, hold hold the brakes. This place isn't fair. Because <laughs> there's one image where there's like a shoe shoe shinesman person shine the shoes of this Fire Nation guy. And then even Katara mentions, she's like, it doesn't seem like the Fire Nation citizens and the Earth Kingdom sh- citizens share equally in that wealth. And Zuko says, it's not perfect, Katara, but all the city's people, including the Earth Kingdom people, are better off now than they were 100 years ago. Okay, I find... To me, that was, that was a full stop point. Like, all right, this place needs a redistribution of wealth, right? Because the Fire Nation came in took land, and then pretty much just had the Earth Kingdom people deal with, like, Earth Kingdom people, to me, from this look, are second-rate citizens. Like, the Earth Kingdom people here are the blacksmiths who are supposed to be working underneath Fire Nation people. Um, I don't know, to me, it just echoes real-world things. I'm just, in my head, I'm just imagining, like, plenty of pictures where black man where the shoe shines man and white people getting their shoes shined by them um, and then somebody being like it's better than it used to be <laughs> yeah and saying like shut the f up Zuka. like i uh, no, we need to change here 
I would say, it, and you know, this kind of echoes my my sentiments in real life. And hopefully, that's a good thing. Is you know, I could I could maybe see not uh, not having Aang like go in there and just turning everything on its head right away. But like, I want to see tangible progress and real steps, like actual goals. And all right, it's better than it was a hundred years ago. But how is it going to be perfect? And, yeah. and and equal and just X number of years from now. And I want to see that if if we're not just flipping everything on its head and, and kicking them out. I, you better put something down. Real life, real world kind of feel the same way. Yeah. Um, and Zuko continues to tell them about his interaction with that mayor and how um, the mayor was actually married to an Earth Kingdom woman and their daughter was an earthbender, and they all lived together. And yeah, pretty much just like, hey, and like things are good here. Like we didn't, we don't need to make any changes. Which, and that's part also why it frustrates me because Zuko didn't come back with the change. Zuko knows that change needs to be made. But he was just like, he was just like, hey, I don't want to change anything. And Ang is like, no, we gotta change something. <laughs> and then. And so, it's, I don't even say insane. I, I, it feels like they've both just at this point still put their heels even farther in than they yeah. were being with. But yeah. Um, and then yeah, then that chapter that chapter ends with my May. Sorry, dang it, Sean. I thought like <laughs> I was going to my before that. Is it because uh, we said Kuai? Did that throw you? We can say Kuai. <laughs> <laughs> um, it ends with May getting Kyoshi Warriors and and uh, getting them to be his bodyguards. Actually, it doesn't end completely with that. Sorry, it, that chapter ends. That yeah, pretty much he goes to his father and asks for advice. And then does he tell the story in this one? Or no, I think that's the next one where he. Have the has the talk and tells the story from the beach. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go to part two now, if you're ready. Yep. The the less interesting part, in in my humble opinion. Yeah, part two is kind of just fluff. On both, you know, um, even even in plot A, it's not as interesting as as uh, as the first issue, but definitely because of plot B. But anyway, we'll we'll go through it. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much it starts off with Sokka with the team leaving Yodao to go meet with the Earth King on the way there they drop Toph and Sokka off at her Earth Kingdom caddy also I want to say I love Toph's design it's a it's slight redesigns but I think it really works it's to me they made a lot of good changes to it you probably didn't even really notice it I didn't I was hoping you'd elaborate I, nothing struck me in particular um, it's like it just looks more. Um, so I didn't mean to like put you on the spot either. I just didn't pick up. A, I don't have an eye for, looks, for that kind of detail. Just looks more fancy, I guess. A little, but, a little uh, maybe more like cleanly and and and, and uh, adult. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they land there. Tough. This guy came in there. This financial guy kicked her teach her students out. And then, because they were there before, and then 
they were going to leave with the Harmony Restoration Movement, but then since Zuko said everyone can go move back, he moved back into his training place, and him and Toph have a little bit of a fight where Toph metal bends a, uh, a staff, both staff onto his head, and he can't remove it. Which makes me think that those two people who she locked up did not ever get out, that, uh, that they just died in there. Hey, people die in this show. It's true. Toph is a killer. Toph has at least two people on her kill count. <laughs> Maybe I should go through and do a kill count. The thing is, Aang will probably have the biggest kill count. Probably. And uh, it's funny the, to me because like, my favorite, my favorite YouTube channel, channel, other than the Objective Geek, Geek channel, no, of course. No. Favorite YouTube channel is uh is about horror. They do kill counts on like bad horror movies, and I love it. We should totally do a kill count. Cora, Cora, gotta kill some people. Uh, I think Cora has only really killed like one. Um, nah, she's probably killed a couple more people. Let's count it, and we we'll remove <laughs> the questions. We'll make it happen. But Toph, yeah, Toph, and she probably don't even care, let's be honest. Does she have a conscience? Yeah, Toph's like, listen, those people are going to kid- they, kidnap me. It's their own fault. Sure, my dad hired them, but... <laughs> anyway, yeah, they meet this fan club who are Avatar Aang fan club members. And at first, Guitar is a little jealous of them, the same way that she was jealous of like the girls on Kyosha Island who were following Aang around. Because Aang really loves the attention. This time, it's a little different. Aang just loves people who... Um, who really loved Air Nomad things, I guess, because they don't, they didn't, they weren't really that. This club, the the Bossy Say Club, wasn't that into all the Air Nomad things. They're pretty much just fans of Aang, but Aang still felt like he was happy to be around them. <clears throat> yeah, they, yeah, they redecorated their place like the Western Air Temple. They just put a bunch of things upside down. <laughs> but... <laughs> and he's he's charmed. He's flattered. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then this is the one where where Zuko goes back and talks to his dad and then his dad which is interesting, his dad says like, Do you remember like to me this is an interesting Ozai because he's bringing up happy times. You know, he, he brings it up first, he's like, Do you remember those family vacations we used to take on the Ember Island? And and I don't know if it's the way that that they draw him in this image, but he just seems maybe slightly more remorseful for those times and i could be that could be a reach it really could be uh Um. or at a very minimum that like somewhere deep down in that horrible awful exterior there's still like a human heart that has good human memories and such he's sad because he has to work so hard to find him yeah (laughs) that's why he looks Um, yeah so he says um he's Talks to Zuko about this time that Zuko saw this hawk. Just a hawk. That's interesting. I guess they just, they just have hawks. Not even like a chicken hockey. hawk, which is also a real world thing that sounds like an avatar thing. Could it, yeah. Come on. Although this one looks like a bald eagle that's a hawk. So, I don't know. But It's a bald hawk. That's I do it. like the crab turtle. Crab turtle looks cool. Yeah, it does look pretty awesome. It, it made me want to Google if there were any crabs that... Is it crabs that get into random things and use them as homes? Like there has to be a, a crab uh, somewhere out there that when it's like a, little hermit crabs you're talking about, where they'll just yeah. pick up an empty piece of trash that's littered. Like, has there ever been one that picked up like an empty turtle shell? Wait, are those surely, ever really empty? Surely, 
I, or are I, they just like a... they do because like birds will literally like peck and eat the the dead turtle out of the shell and then so yeah a crab could feasibly like move in there and get it home right i don't know how he'd get his little legs out of the hole or if he just goes out the front and drags i don't know how that works i, I don't know crabs all that well but i would believe it if you told me that i was about to make a Seth's joke there, okay, but I'm my joking. daughter's here. <laughs> I don't know why, but that makes me think of that scene in A League of Their Own where Tom Hanks signs the baseball for the kids. It's like, avoid the clap. <laughs> Let's see here. I was Googling hermit crab and turtle shell, and yeah, nothing's really nothing. Up yeah. up. I so, would totally believe it, though, like if I saw it on river monsters on hulu or something i'd be like oh yeah yeah mostly just seashells boring mm. yeah anyway um so he, he says there's a story about a story about when zuko they were at the beach and it's funny because because he says you're probably about three years old it's funny there'll be like a you see a one-year-old azula there that'd be kind of interesting picture <laughs> and ursa's watching her because she's a good mother people quit trying to tarnish ursa's name you have all the people that hated children um, anyway he says a story about the hawk going to go attack the turtle crab and zuko picks up the turtle crab to protect it but then he notices that he hesitates because he's like i'm sure the hawk has kids to feed or the hawk will go hungry himself and in his hesitation the turtle crab got swept up in a wave um <laughs> and neither one of them the, the hawk didn't get to eat, and the turtle crab, I'm assuming, was killed. So, one good thing for Ozai, saying he's a good father, is that he says, I dove in myself to save you. So, hey, Ozai saved Zuko at least one point in his life. He cared enough for him that he dove in and saved him. This kid's going to come in useful for hatching evil plans later. I got to save him. Yeah. And then he realizes he couldn't firebend until like age eight, unlike Azula, who firebended at like four. And at that point, it's like, screw you, son. Um, <laughs> yeah, should have let, let you drown. I, I, I'm going to say it was just fatherly instinct, right? Like, you may not even like the kid, and you just it just kind of kicks in when he's like, drowning. Well, somebody has to do it. And then as soon as you're out of the pool holding this kid that you hate, you're like, hmm, might have wasted my energy. Yeah. No, but we're getting, this is as close to real human that I've seen out of Ozai yet. And honestly, as close to, like, actual character other than just mm. big bad guy that I've seen yeah. out of him yet. So I dug it as the story, the whole interaction in itself, maybe not as part of the bigger story here. Yeah. And so far Zuko still doesn't understand what he's telling him. He's like, I came here for advice, not you to tell me little histories about me being a kid. And then he's like, you'll, well, I'll teach, I'll tell you later. Um, so then that kind of ends that. And then the B plot comes in again, Toph telling Sokka about how she met all of them, how the the uh, her meteorite bracelet thing would vibrate when she was near them, which maybe makes me think that she'll be able to find, I don't know, Sokka's space sword. Like maybe it vibrates oh, at a different, I don't know, frequency so cool. that she can find Sokka's space sword. I miss the space sword more than I miss certain family members. Um, and then, then, uh, let's see. So eventually Ozai tells him like, 
Jose tells Zuko because they meet back again together. And Ozai tells him, like, you still don't get the the point of story. And Zuko's like, you're right. I should have stood up for the the hawk because the hawk was strong and stuff. So I should have stood up for that. And then Ozai's like, no, you're still not getting the point. It didn't matter who you chose. Whatever you chose was going to be right because you are my son and whatever choice you choose am because you're the fire lord. Like, things what is what do you say exactly says what i'm saying is there is no right or wrong apart from what you decide who you choose to defend deserves to be defended simply because you chose them you are the fire lord what you choose by definition is right which is a little bit uh like that kind of at least parallels roku's take of like uh, being decisive and taking action on it like it's at least a parallel that to what Aang's getting on the other side of like this yeah. sort oh, of yeah. pointed action in a bad direction, maybe. Yeah, and this is one of the interesting things about about um, about this book is that they do parallel Zuko and Aang with their predecessors, right? Um, Roku is giving advice to Aang. Fire Lord Ozai is giving advice to Zuko as the Fire Lord, and they're both like this advice isn't that great, which is those two, why the world doesn't need this old advice. This is what got us us in some of these situations to begin with. I remember if you two know this, but you guys kind of started this thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which, Ozai's whole might mix right thing is, it's it's never right. Um. And it, Zuko it says caught me that, off right? guard a little bit because I wasn't sure. As like after as soon as I read, I was like, it, "That makes sense as to what he would say." But it did catch me off guard a, a little bit at first that he said it. I don't know what I was expecting yeah. him to say. And Zuko says, "No, right and wrong are bigger than me or you or even the Avatar." And I believe that the Avatar, the Earth King, and I can come close closest to what's right by working together, which is. To me, that, that train of thought is good, Zuka, right? You want to get things as right as possible. That is harmony. You might not ever be able to achieve true harmony, but through talking, through listening, you can get close to it. And it's probably a, a sort of a state of flex, like right is sort of based on what you know and you're able to do right in this instant and in the next moment, you know that. So, yeah, it just it's, a, it's more of a like scientific process than it is a, a fact fiction thing. Yeah, it's just interesting. Um, so there's some interesting conversations going on between Ozai and, and Zuko here. Um, Zuko says, I'm going to wait and with patience, we'll be rewarded with a peaceful resolution for everyone, um, even as we speak, the Avatar is. And then Ozai interrupts him and says, the Avatar is an irrelevant relic of a bygone age. He wants to keep the world frozen in time by denying the inevitable victory of the strong over the weak. And then Zuko says, Avatar Aang is my friend. More often than not, he's been on the side that's right. I trust him. Okay, Zuko, when has Aang, like, not been on the side that's right? <laughs> that's what I want to... Is there ever a time that Aang is like... I mean, there are times that Aang is not... Um, I don't know, not... Not, like, the best person. But he's always been on the... Especially in comparison to Zuko, he's always been on the on the right side of, I don't know, life, I guess. I mean, like, if if uh, when he flipped out and almost killed those sandbenders, but I think that's about as close as I can get. Yeah. I don't know. I you know I suppose you could 
the only argument I could see is if, if Zuko really wanted him to kill Ozai and he's still not sure if that was a good idea or not when he's sitting in here talking to Ozai. <laughs> like, instead of just energy bending, if he's like, you really should have just killed him. Maybe <laughs> that, in his mind, is, is a great... Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's I can't think of a real good time, but I get what... He's... It's just, it's colloquial. That's, it's, what am I trying yeah. to say? It's figurative. And then, um, I mean, at one point, I was like, it's really mad. It's like, you sicken me. So go leave my presence. So I was like, who are you talk? Who are you to talk to me this way? Have you forgotten your current place and leave my presence? Which is like, come on, Zuko, you're the fire lord. Like, stand up for yourself. Like, it was just why I'm like, man, there's just character regression here. Like, to me, that's not the same Zuko who stood up to his dad, who was not in a place of power at all, but stood up to him. And here, he's in the place of power. It's either good writing or it just frustrates me. At Which sometimes good in, writing put frustrates him in the cooler me. for a day or two. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think I would just fire Ben in his face right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to you wanna make right? Justice! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because that's what Batman would have done. And, uh, okay. I would have at least so made a pretty, has... like, strong statement before I left, or gone the complete 180 and just, like, stood in the corner of the cell where he couldn't reach me, but just stood in there and, like, whistled <laughs> or something really annoying. Just to spy him. Right. No, some terrible I'm not tune. Dad. Just start singing Nickelback songs in the corner. <laughs> You know, I've honestly never really listened to Nickelback. I should see if they're as... I'm sure that's blown out of proportion. That they're it is, not they're, they're not as bad as it seems, and they are obviously very successful for a reason. They just yeah. are the opposite of music that I like. <laughs> so it's easy to make fun of them. No, they're, they're not as bad as it seems. It's, it's, it's a grungy pop, that's all. But that's what I would have yeah. done, is either A, take like a verbal strong stand, or B, resorted to petty childishness. One or the other. Um, okay, later on in the book, we learned that Sneers, who was part of the Freedom Fighters, is dating the girl Corey, who was um, the Earth Kingdom, the girl who got Earthbend, who was also part of the Fire Nation. And uh, yeah, and they kind of have this discussion, this debate over like, I mean, he's on the Freedom Fighter side, she's on the opposite side, whatever. They're part of it. I'm only interested in that because it's a running joke that he somehow he landed. Hottie like her. <laughs> I like that running joke. Little rom com action in there. That's yeah. the that's the C plot that we didn't know we needed. Oh yeah, true. Um, the B plot continues. Toph creates this metal flying board, which is looks awesome. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I'm not that interested in that. <laughs> yeah. They, I would, you could probably sum this up, or at least I would like to, for the sake of time. And that is, is this where they kind of develop their little challenge with the existing yeah. guy uh, to whoever wins this challenge gets to keep the dojo? And I don't remember what it is, teaching your students to metal bend in a couple days or something like that. Yep. Yep. Done. And um, yeah. Then at one point they. Oh gosh, what happens? <laughs> um, Aang, oh Aang talks to the Earth King Kawhi, and he's pretty much like, "Nope, I'm not gonna talk, talk, 
time for talking has ended. Like we've been hundred years of war. Zuko made a promise. He should stuck to his promise. And I'm like, we had a we had a agreement. And then he's like, nope, we're going to war, which is you know good for him. Honestly, I'm. I don't know. You get to a certain point where, where you can't wait. You can't wait for, for justice, right? Justice will. Uh, there's a Martin Luther King quote that I can think of. Seldom with oppressors. Oh gosh, I feel bad. I can't think of this quote. <laughs> I feel like I should say another Martin Luther King quote to make up for that. Just a lot of different that you like. Life's most urgent question is how are you help? What are you doing for others? That's my favorite Martin Luther King quote. But. <laughs> I think my favorite one is the, at least recently given, given America, is that we are the heirs of a legacy of creative protest. Yeah. Creative. Let's see. Fun word for that. Um, oh, gosh. I can't I, find Anyway, I pretty much I, the gist of it is that seldom will your oppressors give you freedom. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen. Freedom has to be fought for. Um and even in the sense that, like, yeah, the Fire Nation is uh, quote-unquote lost, but this group of people is, it's almost like its own separate entity at this point. Um, I agree entirely. I kind of, I well, sorry, I agree mostly. I say I would question, like, Kuai's sort of motives. Like, is he just... Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. Own his, motive is, his motive uh, is more so because he was weak before. And then he doesn't necessarily have... Uh, have that sort of kinesthetic empathy for, for any of the people there. Uh, but in general, I still agree of like, you know what it is, it's time to, to take action. Yeah. Um, so eventually, yeah, there's a story talks students learn how to metal bend, whatever. Um, <laughs> Sokka tries really hard to motivate them and he's, it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, Zuko and May break up because he keeps lying to her about seeing his dad. And then, interesting, you know what? So I did a whole video on who Zuko married and who, um, yeah, I did a whole video on who Zuko married. And I said between May, pretty much May, Suki, and, um, and Jin. <laughs> and it's funny because these two pages, like, Page 72 and page 73, just like, it's May, and then boom, 73, it's Suki. Like, it's just an interesting change there. Like, the colors just go from red to green. Just really interesting. So there's really, so Suki, sorry, May breaks up with Suko, and then there's a really interesting passage where Suki is like, I'm really worried about you, and just the way she looks up at Zuko seems far more intimate than, than she's ever looked at him before. And it, it kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't ready for her to like treat him with any amount of anything really, other than just like the the, the dignity of hey, I'm here to do a job. So yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is pretty much that chapter. I think so as well. I'm gonna go ahead to the third one. So in third one, so Yadal has protesters. And someone, the um, airbending, the Avatar Aang fan club chapter of Earth Kingdom sends a hawk to the Earth Kingdom chapter of the Boston Sing chapter. And they're like way more 
into it. <laughs> they're <clears throat> they're so into it that like they have clothes that, that matches like exactly. And he even says that they have clothes that match the Western Air Temple. So the um, and so the uh, which is interesting because we never see like the the girl clothes for the air nomads. And there's also boys in this club. There's a couple boys, I think. Eh. No, I guess he would have been bold. Maybe they're all girls. Say that's, that's not a detail that I picked up on yeah. either direction that I would argue yeah. against her for. And then Aang goes from like, loving everything to hating everything, which I, I understand kind of in this case. set him over the edge, right? Like Specifically, yeah, this mark of, uh, of achievement, of accomplishment. Yeah, and then Angus, Angus like, oh, and the arrows she painted on your foreheads look almost exactly like the real airbender tattoos. Oh, these aren't paint; they're real tattoos. We use the same ink. You, wait, what? And then Ang goes off like, but air nomad tattoos have to be earned through years and years of airbending practice. And she's like trying to be kind. She's like, oh yeah, we know Avatar Ang for a fan club member to receive her tattoos. Never mind, they're all girls. She must master hundreds of airbender-like forms. And Ang is like, airbender-like. And he's really mad about it. He's pretty much like, for you to treat our tattoos like a part of some some costume, my culture isn't a game. Um, and and I just and I understand, right? Aang's culture is being appropriated, right? Like we, you know, that happens in, in real life very often for a um, sort of diversion or or yeah. enjoyment. Um, and, and that puts Aang more so in the side of like we have to separate the nations, which is not the right thing to do. Um, but but he's he's heading more towards that. And then so yeah, they're on the brink of war. Um, the Earth Kingdom forces show up in Yodao. Zuko's sending his forces there, and they're pretty much gonna have a fight. And. Kind of all centered around uh, city gates, like uh, what's his name, Kuai's army's literally outside the gates, right? Freedom fighters inside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a scuffle between the freedom fighters. Yeah, they break through. Ang takes them out. Um, Toph stops a bunch of Fire Nation tanks, and just by disabling them a little bit one by one. <laughs> um, there's a really funny passage so <laughs> at one point so Smeller B and Longshot is there and the Sneers and uh, Corey is there and, Smear, and Smeller B is like you're dating a ash maker like how could you and at one point Longshot like grabs Smeller B's shoulder and you know he's, he says something to her the way that only he can say things to her yeah. and then she says you do have a point, long shot. I mean, look at her and look at him. <laughs> oh, I love that the runny joke even made it to long shot. And like, long shot gives a thumbs up to him from afar. Like, you did it, man. Way to go. Yeah, uh, so funny. But anyway, and then they all fight again. And then Aang takes them out. Dark King forces show up. And then. Everyone starts fighting, essentially, and the Aang gets, um, wait a minute, yeah, they all start fighting. It happens, there's Toph an actual front line clash. 
Aang goes into the Avatar state. Katara snaps him out of it. And then Katara has been trying to tell Aang this whole time, like, Aang, like, she's been changing her mind about uh, moving all these finest people out of here. She's like, Aang, like, when I see these Earth Kingdom finest family together, I think about our family, right? How are we going to combine our culture? I'm from the Large Hive, you're from the Air Nomads. And then she's like, just think about that. Like, I know it's selfish for me to do that. Like, the world is so much more than us. But just, just think about our future. Which is a really cool, like, quick, I don't know, uh, vision into the future of Aang seeing his firstborn child. So. And she's kind of sad oh, out to this point. Like, all Katara's speech has been extremely deliberate. Um, she hasn't... Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say like jump to defense or sides or anything. So it's almost like when she finally sort of speaks up with voice and has an opinion, obviously she's very important to Aang and it gives it as the reader, it gives it a lot more weight. Yeah. And Aang talks to Roku again and he, you know, Roku says that Avatar must hold the world above his own nation, even his own friends, his own family. He tells him like, like, I cannot put into wor- words how much it pains me to tell you to end my own great-grandson. And pretty much this is where Roku tells Aang that um, Ursa was his granddaughter. Um, which is an interesting concept, because then, you know, that, that lets you know that avatars can see the world through the current avatar's eyes. Or any avatar's eyes. But... Any any um, yeah. uh, f- future, any beyond Avatar's eyes. Yeah. yeah. And Aang's um, not having it, which, again, I knew it's like I knew it was going to happen, but it still caught me off guard when yeah. he severs the ties. Oh, yeah, so how do you feel about Zuko wearing like the Phoenix King kind of hat? I mean, I guess it's not the Phoenix King hat, but it looks like it a lot. Um, you know what? I... I don't care for, for symbolic things at all, really. I care more about how it impacts other people so that, the you know, if that's frustrating or, or sets a bad message to the majority of the world, then I say Zuko will probably take it off. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Aang goes to the Avatar State and he separates them all by creating a huge, like, fissure the armies, Zuko's about to like fall to his death and then Aang saves him in the Avatar State. That was weird. Aang didn't need to be there's a couple discontinuity errors here. Aang goes into the Avatar State and the eyes are still glowing, even though the eyes are only supposed to glow for like a second when you control the Avatar State. But she is he does seem to be in full control of it. Or he just means he's just nerfing the Avatar State for no reason. <laughs> but He's just putting on a show. Yeah. Um, like even Legend of Korra, the times that Korra is seen being in the Avatar State for a prolonged period of time, she's like going up against stronger people or there's something wrong with her. But usually, Avatar State just needs to be quick eyes and then eyes glow a little bit and then they go away. Um, <laughs> so anyways, glad you're here all... to pick up on those details because I absolutely <laughs> would not. Uh, anyway, Aang stops it, stops the whole army and fighting and everything, and then they kind of show um, King Kawhi, like, hey, the people here 
are from all sorts of different nations. And that sort of ends the conflict there. It ends, to me, in a very unsatisfactory manner. That's the end of that conflict. And then Roku, um, Aang talks to Roku again, and pretty much they have oh, a disagreement. Yeah, sorry, I jumped the shark earlier when I was getting on that. Um, Aang says to Roku, like, Avatar Roku, you taught me so much, I couldn't have become the Avatar I am today without your wisdom, but everything's so different now. It's not like when you were alive. I have to figure this out on my own. And Aang, he takes off his, he's holding this medallion of fire to, uh, that he uses to talk to Roku, or he kind of just uses it as a conduit and he burns it, and that breaks his link to Roku. Which Aang purposely broke a connection with an Avatar, which people complained that Korra lost connection. Granted, it was permanent. And one thing that wasn't her fault, but Aang purposely did it. Anyway. That's fair. I would say, uh, you know, like me, majority of those people maybe not haven't been into the comics, but yeah, yeah this is very intentional. And he even made, like, made a made a show of it, sort of. It's kind of dramatic <laughs> yeah. about it. He didn't Aang's just so do dramatic. it. He he made it, made it known. Uh, but essentially it ends with... Um, then I'm going to visit Iroh, and Iroh's pretty much like, you should have came tall to me, Zuko. Like, jeez. That, like, yeah, you should have. That's got to be the most egregious crap in the entire book, is after all that stuff, and you're having trouble uh, as Fire Lord, and you're the first person you're going to talk to is anyone but Iroh? How, <laughs> he did, how they why? Try to, they try to excuse it, because Zuko's like, you taught me so much already, I don't want to bother you in your retirement and like, it's not no, well just, done no he's just ask him like this is our these are big decisions dude would probably straight up die for you not would uh, definitely would not probably would yeah. definitely would and you're worried about like bothering him with some pretty serious questions that maybe someone who who has proven himself to see a bigger picture might have valuable input come on zuko yeah. biggest mistake to date you know uh that can kind of feed into our next conversation, though, uh, before I go off on too big of a tangent. Well, right, so I do, I do love how it ends with Aang taking the Air Club, the Avatar Aang fan club. Is like, you guys need to become more than that. Like, I'll make you Air Acolytes, like who actually teach them, which is really cool, cool concept. Like, even though you're on Air Nomads, Aang still wants to pass on the teachings to other people, but. Katara is like far off in the distance. She's like, I'm no air no man. I'm like, I'm water tribe. Water tribe. Shout got a clean. No, it's a really touching, uh, touching gesture, especially at this point where he still is the last airbender. So like, yeah, what better way to at least teach things as well as you could possibly teach and pass them on. Yeah. At oh, and then point, it ends with, option. um, Zuko calling in Azula so she can talk to their father because oh, he's yeah. not giving her, he's not giving him much information on their mother. I forgot that was the end. Yeah. So really, to me, to sum up the promise, it asks a lot of interesting questions that I don't think it answers all that well. Um, but to me, it's mostly just set up for the search. Um, I would say that the ending is not satisfactory as you mentioned earlier uh, or even just how you said it there maybe not answering all of our questions precisely but at, at least uh, well I don't even know if I, I was going to say at least things at least things turned out 
okay, but as you mentioned, it still doesn't address the existing issues. It maybe, like, prevented another small war, but I think the part that makes it satisfactory is it doesn't ex uh, doesn't address what's happening or what has been happening in, their, in that specific colony or other colonies for a hundred years. But, uh, yeah. so we might want to touch on that in this next discussion that we have. We decided to keep people in suspense. No, just because it's more appropriate to talk about here that we wanted to discuss what we would have done or like what, what different pieces, what routes should have been taken uh, in this book, in this graphic novel. Yeah, so like I said, it, it, the search asks a lot of questions. Like, how do you heal from promise, 100 right? years of war? How do you make amends for the travesties that have happened? And, yeah, just how do you go go about it? So they're, they're stuck in this, this predicament where the biggest issue here is that, okay, the war's ended, but there are colonies that the Fire Nation is running and ruling that are on Earth Kingdom territory. The initial plan was just to move them. And the issues with that is that they've been there for hundreds of years. People have... Um, you know, made that their life, both Earth Kingdom and Fire Nation. And, and I throw in here too is that just not, even on top of the ruling is that the the whatever infrastructure that colony had, if you're going to leave it in existence as it was, well, all that infrastructure was was built on inequality and injustice in yeah. the first place. So even if you just let it be as is, which is kind of what happened. It seems uh, like that's even the future comics. I feel like they never really address that. I think they're fine. They're fine with that inequality going on. Fire is still running the place. Um, yeah. Although you know they they do never mind because they do eventually set up um, a council with members of of every single uh, nation there. It's the so maybe that was the although universe. to me to me that still isn't good enough, right? That's like. Like, hey, we got a black president. Like, they didn't solve all the inequality problems <laughs> no, Chris, in our, in our world. A like, letter in the mail that's like, see, everything's fine now. Like, it's, yeah, that's black president is. <laughs> this reminds me of a, of a Chris Rock joke of like about OJ. He was like, black people were way too happy when OJ got off, as if like they were there, like as if they want something. He's like, I go to my mailbox every day. Still didn't get my OJ check. Did you get your OJ check? I did not. He was like, hey, look, that was not the one we should have been celebrating, people. Which they shouldn't be. It's, you know. Because he did that. A solid, a solid, uh, solid allegory here. Yeah. Um, I didn't yeah, know so that even, about, me, about even, their, uh, about their, I already forgot what you call it, council. I didn't even know that that was, that was coming. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least Republic City has a city council, that's which I'm assuming they're, because the United Nations of Republic, I think that's what the whole thing is called. It makes it takes up a good it, all the Earth Kingdom colonies of the Fire Nation uh, colonize, not just Republic City. Um, it's actually a pretty big part. But okay, so onto this part here. One of the reasons that I would say, okay, don't push them all out, is that. They made it seem like that was land that wasn't really being used before. 
like, like or at a, least a not... colony planted, not uh, not something taken over. Yeah, and so so to me, all right, it's like all right. Well, if they came and they built stuff on that land, um, it was still wrong because it wasn't their land. But still, there's so much inequality going on. To, to me, maybe you you keep those people there, but you you have to make. You know, so you have to make changes to the infrastructure there to redistribute, redistribute the power. Um, also, maybe charge them a higher tax, <laughs> just to because they have to feed the Earth Kingdom. Like they have to feed into. Oh, I don't know how. I'm assuming Earth Kingdom do have taxes because even Legend of Korra, um, the Earth King, the Earth Queen apparently was taxing the people too much, yeah. and there was one point where um, that's one of the reasons why they hated the Earth Queen. Which I feel like you just get to a whole nother situation where those col- if those colonies felt like they're being taxed too much, they would just be like the United States of so like, hey, we're being taxed too much. Like, let's go and fight, and, and it would just been a another war. It wouldn't be harmony, right? We, we're trying to move towards harmony. Just start it all over again. Yeah. Um. So, to me, I think I'm I was fine with them not moving. At least some of the, the ones that were weren't that settled, just move them back. Just whatever. You're not far enough. There's an you okay chance, you know, we don't get a lot of context. But there's an okay chance that some of them might be happy or at least apathetic. Like, yeah, we're gonna get transplanted over here. We're going to the yeah. motherland. Like, it's gonna, you know, we don't have to be in the middle of the Earth Kingdom anymore just because some somebody planted our parents here a hundred years ago. Like, there's. Probably not universal hatred towards the idea from the fireside, also. So yeah, some of those just transplant them back. Um, so so to me, you keep the you keep the colony, but you, you have to address the the issues there, um, and, and maybe maybe do that through taxing the rich way more and investing that into everybody. That way, the the funds are. Are redistributed um, because that, this is Earth Kingdom. Like they need, and and I feel like I'm biased because I'm black and I believe in reparations. Uh, but they need they need something. Um, and Grant, when I say reparations, I don't mean like hey, give every black person hundred thousand dollars, which hey, that would be great too. Um, but I more so mean like reparations, maybe through free college education, um, lower interest rates business loans, things like that. It's um, some kind of tangible action to, to yeah. <laughs> work toward justice. Something to, not just, not a pat on the back, not 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 pretending that a black president is the end all be all, <laughs> uh, but something real and physical uh, of monetary value that is actually useful. Reparations. Now I'm thinking about a Dave Chappelle skit where black people got reparations. <laughs> And in like the stock market, like crazy, because like brands like KFC stock went up, and like food went up, <laughs> and and like up one person, this one random person became the richest person in the world because he won it in like a crap game or something. Uh, if there's irony there, it's that Yum Brands, who owns KFC and Taco Bell, and for the record, uh, Taco Bell used to be one of my favorite restaurants. Not so much anymore. Um, big, big Trump supporters, so you know. <laughs> um, 
I I remember that I remember that Dave Chappelle skit and something about Dave Chappelle that I always find important is that first of all he is funny as hell, but second of all I personally, maybe not everybody, maybe not more educated people, but I feel like I almost learn something every single every single bit he does. I come away with like yeah. a seed of actual knowledge after laughing my ass off at whatever it was. He he has this weird ability to to paint which comedians do this, right? They they I feel like certain comedians do this. Not not all the comedians, but certain comedians, I think a lot of black comedians do this like they do this whole thing of, you know, you, you laugh to get through things, right? You, you you paint a picture of the world you know and and through exagger- making exaggerations of things or pointing things out in a funny way brings kind of attention to it. Oh, Dave Chappelle recently have just been like he's been relentless almost. Like this shit isn't funny. Like he he <laughs> he almost very aggressive in his nature. Um especially since his most recent eight forty six um stand up he did, mm-hmm. which which yeah, that was it was uh almost unfair to call it comedy. It it I laughed maybe four times in that in that span of time. It was a it was a platform <laughs> at a minimum, yeah. but yeah, like I said you'd almost don't wanna just disrespect it by calling it comedy. Yeah. Um, it was great, by the way, go watch yeah, he, it. He's, it. Yeah, he's done it still on Netflix. All throughout his all throughout his career, like he talked about how and he's from dc he was like like dc was terrible in the 80s he was like because cops would just <laughs> this one stand up this one joke where he was like which so things aren't funny but you know when you he was like when you know, cops would go into uh someone's house and it'll be a black person's house and they'll shoot the person and kill him all right which is happens and sadly in the real world right Brianna taylor um and then in it, he was like, the cop would be like, all right, sprinkle some coke on him. And uh, we'll just <laughs> we'll just say he was, and this was a running joke, just spring, sprinkle coke on him and you can get away with it. And That's then, actually like, one of my that. favorite bits is when uh, he, it's something about the cop showing up at his house and he's like, <laughs> my house, it's not a nice house, but it's like way too nice when they see me in there. They're not going to think it's my house. They shoot me and sprinkle the coke yeah. on me. <laughs> sprinkle some coke and on me. The veteran cop is talking to the rookie cop. He's like, I've seen this before. Apparently, he broke into the house and hung up pictures of himself and his family all <laughs> over. And <that's- laughs> uh, and then yeah, and it's, it's kind of connected fish, to that fish, same bit. I, I lump it all in the same bit because it's one of my favorite bits of comedy of all time but that same ideal of like taking a seed of reality out of his jokes is when uh somebody's describing the convict to the or the 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 alleged to the sketch artist and they're like well he was black and he's like say no more i got the sketch right here <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those words. this is uh oh man uh, talk about comedy um but well, that the, yeah, the, okay. the underlying theme here, though, <laughs> is that there in these colonies there is an inequality that still exists that is not, maybe not the same as a Fire Nation in power, like, a, you know, a, a hauling in Earth King or Earth Kingdom citizens as slaves or something, but like there's still a grave yeah. inequality that has to be addressed somehow. Yeah. Is the foundation of what we're getting at? 
I have I have uh, suggestions. I don't I don't want to interrupt yours though, and I feel like I already have. No, no, go ahead. I mean, it. maybe just offer more land to to Earth Kingdom citizens. My um, thought process is like a some kind of stipe. So if Zuko as the fire as the fire lord, uh, and he wants these people to not have to be supplanted, and both he and Aang do see some value to the coexistence there, and I'm. Uh, you know, I'm pretty naive. I I believe in the getting like there's going to be some growing pains, but that's a good coexistent start. But like, all right, well, uh, Fire Nation instead of taxing the individuals, which you still can, I was like, make the Fire Nation pay for some kind of additional development or pay hmm, yes. regular stipends for those people to be there and to support development of the whole city if they're really in belief that this is the right thing to do to leave them there to coexist. Like, all right start dumping some funds into true development Mm -hmm. of that city and then the other thing on a more specific level of what would i do when you initially said i was actually thinking what would i do if i was ang or zuko and the the initial answer is i feel like one of the issues i have with this book is i feel like based on what we had seen you mentioned it with regression the characters at the end of the tv show if they had been translated the way I feel like they should have been translated, they would have came together and they would have had this talk and that much sooner and that visit, like it, before the things got dire, before the war actually still, like there would have been good conversation in a way that then that visit would have still meant something to Aang and Zuko. Neither one would have had their feet dug in quite as far. So they would have had more productive talks like you and I are having talks about it right now. It's like, Hey, how can we make this work instead of why is this, need to happen definitively versus this. I feel like the characters that we left off the series with would have started those talks earlier and it wouldn't have gone smooth or super easy, but it, they wouldn't have just, Zuko wouldn't have just ignored Aang's requests, uh, yeah. to the point of escalating to, uh, to the brink of another war. And that, that made me really mad. Honestly, I don't know how it's very disappointing. That yeah. it was oh, also, um, you mentioned before fire nation, you know, uh, giving giving something back. I, I had this thought of that the Fire Nation is way more technologically advanced than all the other nations, right? They need to share their technology with the world, specifically with the Earth Kingdom. Like, even in that war fight, you see the Fire Nation has tanks, and the Earth Kingdom are still using those, like, caterpillar things where Earth Kingdom soldiers are inside pushing Pure it. earthbending power, not yeah. really tech, so to speak. Yeah. So they need to share their technology... With Earth Kingdom, um, and and also yeah, and also funds stimulate the, the uh, do something to stimulate this local economy with that technology. Yeah. Some kind of I don't know. Uh, I I keep going to like power production in in America. We have this thing where it seems like we think everything, if, like literal power production, um, energy, and so it's like yeah, some kind of power plant or something that's fueled by Fire Nation tech and and Fire Nation people that uh, just creates. Equal, equal jobs and funded by the Fire Nation government and all that stuff. Like there was, there were more, far more satisfactory solutions uh, than what we got at the yeah. end of this. Also, I, I meant to I meant to preface this conversation with saying like these are huge conversations and that <laughs> that even are uh, I think more thoughtful solutions than the book are um, probably far more simple simplistic than. And what the real world would require, but I think those are uh, fairly decent starting points. At at a minimum, I would say I'm I'm happy that at least obviously I being being the person I am, and I would 
I assume you agree to some extent. It's like, yeah, I think we're happy that the foundations of coexistence happened. We just wanted. Yeah. Just yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Roku, Roku was wrong. Ozai, of course, is wrong. But Roku was wrong about this whole thing about the separation of the four and nations. Aang, this is the one time where Aang was quote unquote wrong to begin with. But as usual, he he finds his way. He always does. Yeah. Um, which is like one thing. The whole thing about the Avatar needing to keep balance between the four nations, like that wasn't the original intent of the Avatar. When Wan died, he wasn't like I'm going to keep balance between the four nations. He's like, no, I want to keep peace and harmony and, and balance using Rawa's light spirit. Um, like, the Four Nations didn't exist when Wan was around. So this just, you know, it's like a game of telephone. Like, after a while, the duty of the Avatar becomes something it's not. Well, or wasn't intended to be. And we, you know, just the idea of balance being obtained, uh, equality, let's, I'm going to call it equality just for the sake of this comparison, being obtained by separating things. Like, I think we all know how the separate but equal trope actually yeah. goes, and it ain't good. And, uh, you know, in this, maybe at this point in their developmental history, uh, that's this is the point where they're starting to learn that and figure that out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is this is getting me amped up for, for Korra for, like, more grandiose... Uh, social reasons. It's getting. I do think Cora. Cora to me asks way harder questions, and sometimes it answers the question. Sometimes it 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 doesn't. At least in the way that it doesn't have Cora herself answering them, but the whole kind of world answering them. Um, um, like book. This story felt. Uh, this story felt more like Cora caliber material to me. Like when we go next to the search. I've moved it down. It doesn't have to feel like an up or down thing. This just felt more like a Korra story to me, whereas The Search, having read that, feels more like an Avatar story. If I don't know what I'm really trying to get at there other than just this felt like that kind of subject matter that you would encounter yeah. in Korra. Alright, uh, yeah, so any, any listeners out there, just uh, let us know what you would do, I guess. Heavy, heavy political stuff, but we'd love to hear it. And uh, Chris, I meant to ask the other when I when I initially heard you say what would you do, and I was thinking like Aang versus Zuko, and I was like, well, if I was Zuko, I would probably be trying to convince Aang not to kill me. Like, no, 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 hear me out. I know Roku is telling you to kill me, and it probably seems like you should kill me. But just listen. Um, I was curious if you had any thoughts on that part in particular. Also, like if you were Aang or if you were Zuko, what would you done uh, I mean, if I was initially specifically? If I was Zuko, I would, you know, I wouldn't just immediately side with with my people, right? Because at that point, you're taking that staunch stance of like, nope, we're not moving, right? There wasn't no really talk there. You just went straight to, too. yeah. Um, when I had that conversation with Aang, I don't know, send a message or a hawk or something. Um, <laughs> tell, um, yeah, and don't put up a bunch of guards, like, welcome... Aang into the, the I mean, I guess he had to put up guards because the protesters were out there and, you know, they get to the Zuko, assassination attempts was maybe yeah, the, the assassination those, attempts. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Guards but might be, come on. He's the avatar. Like, uh, it wasn't but, him. Yeah. He could still communicate with Aang. He can tell the guards like, Hey guards, if you see Aang, let him in, you know, the avatar, the one <laughs> that, you know, him. Um, you probably that would can have recognize also him. Solved he's, a lot the, he's the one with the tattoo on his head that's not a girl. Yes. In yeah. the fan club. But, um, yeah, I, I had fun thinking about both sides of it there as well. 
Also, I would not listen to my dad one bit. Nope, definitely going to Iro first. I don't care. What yeah, go to go to Iro first. This Iroh's honestly, this whole book be would be pointless if he just went to Iro. That's true. We would not have needed this. Uh, and I know we're bashing it pretty hard here, and there's still some good to be had here. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I don't care. Anybody says it's like, well, Iroh's not a politician. He wasn't the fire alert. I don't care. Iroh sees the big picture better than most yeah. people. Um, Chris, I'm actually just thinking now. I don't know if I ever got ratings from you. Do you have them? Oh I, no, but, you didn't get ratings from me. I didn't give them to you. I didn't. Um, I didn't put them in. But I we get really there and you just them. just plug them in as uh, as we go. Yeah, sure. Uh, so are, are you ready? It's kind of the same way we did our uh, do our our episode reviews. So for audio visual, I think it's first, which is just uh, visual in this case, yeah, graphics. Yeah. Um, the artist I can't even pronounce. It's her name, sorry. Ignore, and ignore um, these ratings I have on screen. Yeah, you didn't get any these to me. Those were just previous <laughs> copy and paste stuff. Uh, um, I'm going to give it a... I, I think he gets better. I'm sorry. I think... I don't know if it's a girl or boy. I'm sorry. I think they get better <laughs> um, in, in the next book. And this one, I think they're still kind of finding how to translate the animation to graphic novel. Um, so I'll give it a, a seven and a half. I, don't know, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by anything, but I do think they did a good job. Like it looks like Avatar. Um, it's just, no, just comic wise, oh, the panels were just weren't as interesting. The layouts weren't that good. Also, sometimes there was confusing times with the lettering, um, where it felt like one bubble should have been somewhere else would have made things flow a little better. Um, that's more of a nitpicky comic book thing. Uh, I mean, but the art... it's, it's graphics and it is a comic, so nitpick away. Yeah, I mean, the art's good. It's just I don't know. I think I would have just liked something more grand. Um, although sometimes just really good panels. Like, actually, I, I feel like I'm going back on my word now. Maybe just that first chapter. I don't have but, it. Put uh, down I give stone, it an eight. So you get to go back. <laughs> give it an eight. Out of ten on the graphics, story. Give it a seven. Um, I think it asks a lot of really interesting questions, like I said before, but doesn't really answer them. So, seven on that. Uh, memorable it sits in the um, seven. <laughs> seven on that. So, so uh, seven, seven, eight, probably as a 7.4, I seven, guess. 7.3, yeah. 7.3. Huh. Yeah, I mean, sounds good to me. Seven, so, not 8.7, 7.4. <laughs> Mine, uh, I'm not going to repeat everything you said. I, I ended up at eights across the board in the long story short bit. So in the graphics, um, they were really good, but they weren't great because it just every once in a while something felt really off, and there were some panels that were messy to me. Um, uh, so good, uh, good, but not great. So eight sounded good. Story, um, I thought it felt like a like a brave a, uh, a brave attempt at a very potent story a very big topic i'm going to call it a core topic i don't know what else to call it and uh yeah. so that was a sort of admirable but it didn't pan out uh but i was still for the first comic i was kind of impressed like hey you went there right out of the gate and that's pretty cool so i gave that an eight and then memorable it's hard to say because it's the first time i've ever read it but i do <laughs> think that the I, I do think the underlying concepts of this will stick with me for a long time uh, big chunks of it are totally forgettable, but I think the underlying story that they tried to tell here will stick. And so that left me with an eight, and that kind of represented my feelings. Like eight, it was it was really good, but not great. 
just enough flaws with everything. So uh, if you had a 7.3 and I had an 8, that's going to put us at like a 7.6 overall, give or yeah. take. 7.6, which is, is, again, this is a first attempt. It's never been done at this time with Avatar. You're taking very dense, heavy uh, subject matter and trying to stuff it into a book. And it was, it was admirable. Um, I haven't... Uh, from the search, uh, I do agree with you that it seems like certain things get a little more refined or more importantly to me the story that is told in the search feels like a just a, a better avatar story like we get more of the types of interaction and characters that, that i want personally out of my avatar show but yeah you know i could be jumping ahead uh i will say for the search we were, we're gonna attempt to have a guest talk about the search somebody who the everybody's search, favorite guest everybody's People have comments in it they love this guest. One so. of our two top favorite guests on this show. <laughs> I just, I, it seems unfair, but it, you know we love them both. Um, Chandler, come join us again someday. And so, yeah, we're going to have a guest. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. As Chris mentioned, we're, we don't feel uh, like we have to finish all the comics. We'll sprinkle them as we're able, as time permits. Uh, but not next week, because next week, something totally different. Big. It's going to be huge. Um, must watch. The, must watch. I, I don't know it. I hope it doesn't come out where like I'm really happy about it and everybody else thinks it's stupid, but I'm really excited about it. So, thanks for watching this week, of course. But if you would please come back and check it out, next week's episode should be a lot of fun. Chris, any parting words of wisdom after a very heavy? Yeah, it's a pretty heavy episode. Yeah, uh, be kind. Solid. Yeah, be kind. I like it. I'm gonna just justice. Justice in a Batman. I don't have a good Batman voice, but you get the point. My name's Justice. Tom. Thank you. That's the real word to take away from this. And if anybody knows how to get justice the right way, it's Batman. Hey, quick question. Heather was curious, and I forgot to ask you sooner. Has the baby Batman quilt yet been used as a cape? Because it feels like that's like a rite of passage uh, for a quilt. It has not been, but my kids do use their other blankets as capes, so I'm sure one of these days they'll have that that feels like the right thing to do with a Batman quilt. Um, <laughs> my name's Sean. That's Chris, <laughs> a.k.a. The Objective Geek. This has been Avatar The Last Podcasters. The Promise. Thanks for listening, and come back next week. Join us, join us again. If I can find the button here. Here it is. All right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>